0: you're listening to no borders media in this audio dispatch recorded on august 30th 2019 we speak with artist and activist ellen gabriel of the turtle clan from Kinzatage. she speaks about continued land fraud by canada on the homelands of the iroquois confederacy We get perspective and insight from Ellen about the recent land conflicts in Kanizatage and the demands being made by the people of the Longhouse on Justin Trudeau and the federal government. No Borders Media is an autonomous left-wing media network. We share and create content that supports the struggles of communities in resistance with a focus on the self-determination struggles of indigenous peoples, migrants, refugees, and working-class people of color, all in the context of opposing capitalism and colonialism. We are in the early stages of our independent media project. Stay in touch. Send us an email at nobordersmedianetwork at gmail.com or look for No Borders Media on Facebook, Twitter, and SoundCloud. Much more to come in the coming weeks and months. We go to that interview with Ellen Gabriel from Kanizatage right now. I'm speaking with Ellen Gabriel. Ellen Gabriel is from Kanizatage. She's an activist and artist and has been quite active recently, and for many years, in opposing unjust development and exploitation of the lands of her people. Ellen, welcome again to No Borders Media.
1: Thank you, Jackie, for inviting me.
0: Ellen, the, the last time we saw each other face-to-face was on August uh, 21st in Kanizatage, mm. where the people of the Longhouse, folks from Kanizatage, but also supporters from Ganawage came and had a press conference and issued a press release specifically naming Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. So could you tell our listeners why that press conference took place and why you issued uh, demands of, of, of Justin Trudeau?
1: Yeah, well, we've been grappling with this issue. It's um, it's a long-standing historical issue, a land dispute that uh, has been going on, and we have found that um, in spite of the promises by by Prime Minister Trudeau uh, during his election campaign and and afterwards about reconciliation, you know, Indigenous people being the most uh, important relationship for him. Uh, it's been quite the opposite in Gananoque. We we've, we've written uh, many letters and contacted uh, Minister Bennett's office, only to be told, "Well, go see your band council." So um, people need to understand that the longhouse is. Uh, a governance that existed pre-contact. It w- we never extinguished that right to continue that governance system. Uh, the band council system was created by Canada and imposed and usurped uh, traditional governments. And so we we uh, we feel that with this ecological gift, um, there's a danger in extinguishing all our rights. To it. It's kind of a, a suspension or surrender of our rights because it is under the environment, uh, Canada's laws. It creates a foundation that will include Mr. Golan himself, um, controlling interest from the community of Ganesadagi and also the municipality of Elk and the business people around here. So it's not really something that we see as, as a gift. Uh, and the condition that he, he gave it was so that he could sell more of the land out of this beautiful land. And Prime Minister Trudeau, in spite of the racist inflammatory com- comments by the mayor of Oca Pascal Gouvillon, who has remained silent. Carolyn Bennett remained silent throughout all of this, uh, since her tenure as Minister of Indian Affairs. And so we thought with this this ecological gift and uh, just happens to be election time, uh, we thought that it's important to to stress and for people to see what really what kind of government is liberal government has been. Um, we all know about the purchase of the pipelines, but there's also many other uh, fires that are going right across Canada. And you know, got Canada again—it's the status quo norm of stealing land, um, fraudulent sales of land with with us being the last, in, most important interest involved. The comments given to me by the representative of the crown was. Well we don't want to offend Oka, we don't want to offend Quebec. So my comment back was so you don't you don't have any problem offending the Mohawk people in Ghana and it's it's like, well it didn't it didn't mean to come out like that and it's like, Well yeah, we know we know the reality is that we are expendable. Uh it was evident in nineteen ninety, it's been evident since uh since contact and, and you know one of the things that people need to understand is we are Following the things that have been put in place uh internationally or domestically, and plus following our own laws, which is we've never extinguished our rights to our land, so by not putting a moratorium on development, Prime Minister Trudeau is condoning land theft he's con- he's condon he's condoning uh the the fraudulent sales of of our lands our homelands uh which is confederacy lands
0: can you give our listeners a sense of what land we're talking about here uh, at the press conference on August 21st. Uh, you were asked by the media, mainstream media, about this, and you talked about the extent of that land, so it, it goes it goes beyond the pines and uh, what was the subject of the dispute in 1990. Can you give a sense to our listeners of, of the lands that you're talking about vis-à-vis Kanazatake?
1: Well, it goes beyond the scenery of, of um, the seminary of Saint-Sobis, who are also one of the the guilty parties and all this, um, it, it goes... Because for I think people need to understand that land use is different in Indigenous communities. Some, some are nomadic, but some, like, you know, people are... Uh, for lack of a better word, sedentary. Uh, we use the land differently. We, we, the land would be used for agriculture, and then it would rest, be allowed to rest. So people would move to different parts. And um, the part about Valley also extends across to the river, like Hudson and, and different areas. So the Confederacy land is huge, and we are keepers of the Eastern Door. We have a wampum belt that, that pre- precedes contact. And and so we're trying to get people to think outside of this colonial box and framework that says, okay, here's Ganesadagia. Because Canada says this is, this is where Ganesadada stops and starts. Um, Oka, um, the village of Oka, is actually Ganesadada. That is the traditional community of, of the people from here, and as well as Oka Park. And Ganesadada is bigger than what we're allowed by the government of Canada to, uh, to live on or use. Um, anywhere we go, you know, we, we are we are told you are you're not allowed to go here and they take the municipality uh in, in Oka Park and uh well, otherwise we have to show I D. But that's our our traditional community and my parents used it, my grandparents time, generations used it and uh they were forcibly removed from from their homes and land by the seminary and Saint Calp who we were rich blue bloods from, from France, and uh, were once the largest line holders in
0: Canada. Essentially, the the, the press release you made on August 21st was demanding a, a moratorium on all development. There there were specifics, and those specifics have been shared on Nobler's Media, and they'll be shared again in, uh, along with this, uh, the text with this interview. But um, today, the people of the Longhouse of Kanesatake issued another press release reiterating the demand for the for the temporary moratorium. So can you talk about what's happened over those nine days? I get the sense that not much has happened on the side of the federal government, but can you give us a sense of why the new press release and why you're speaking out again today?
2: Well,
1: we we had said at our press conference last week that we were giving them a week. We extended it to nine days. Um... Somebody ten days, but really it is now, and we are um, we're, we're looking at the response that we got from think, the the representative of the crown, which is Mark Miller, and within the bureaucracy of Canada, there is resistance within the Prime Minister's office. There is resistance to meet with us to even put a short-term uh, moratorium on it, on development, so that we can speak. And uh, at least have some dialogue uh, to come up with some solutions to this to this long-standing problem. And uh, it's just very for us, it's very frustrating. Um, There's no interest other than speaking to the band council, which for me is discriminatory. The government of Canada is not allowed to discriminate and decide who they can or cannot meet with. And the the as I said, you know, there's, we didn't extinguish any of our governments, and although Canada made it illegal in 1924 uh, and even raided the longhouses in the Six Nations and killed two Kwanrathers, so we, there's a long history of mistrust. But we also know that this divide and conquer strategy that that has been to the benefit of Canada, the Crown, and its provinces, is, is still being used, and for, and for us, it's like. It's, if you, if we cannot sit in an atmosphere of peace without fear uh, of of coercion uh, of those who are, are weak and assimilated, um, and if we cannot be able to dialogue in an atmosphere of peace where there's there's no fear mongering um, by the settlers, uh, then there's not going to be any kind of solutions that are satisfactory to anybody. So the government of Canada continues uh, digging the field for the status quo of, of colonial framework instead of using the one that has been suggested, not just by here, but you know Indigenous people from across Canada and, and internationally to use the UN Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous People as, as a framework of reconciliation. And we're not asking for anything that is not within our right to. Uh, and we're asking for something very simple which the Prime Minister's office has refused to do because they don't want to offend Canada, or they don't want to offend Quebec and the Municipality of Oka, which is this moratorium. And so in the meantime, while we are discussing, you know, people are looking at land, they're selling houses, they're selling their land. Um, Mr. Gallant is continuing to advertise uh, the sale of, of lands um, because of the agreement between him and the Banque Council so it's for us. It's it is it is an urgent situation, but it's it's we know that it's not going to change. But the the moratorium would have at least helped ease some of that tension.
0: Alan, you've you've already alluded to this before, but the 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 mayor of uh, Oka uh, made bigoted comments uh, about your community. And the way the mainstream media has been portraying what is happening is very much, you know, seeing two protagonists, antagonists, the the head of the band council, Serge Simon, and uh the mayor of Oka, Pascal Kevian. There was a bit of news today insofar as finally the mayor of Oka has apologized uh, for the remarks he made and Serge Simon remarked saying that apology was very courageous. So that's the level on which that's the level on which many people who are getting information about what's happening uh, are understanding the situation through the mainstream media that there's a dispute and here are the two protagonists and antagonists. But uh, when when you when you were at the press conference on August twenty first, you were asked, uh, "Well, what's does this have to do with the bank council?" And again, you've already addressed it a bit, but can you can you give our listeners a sense of why we need to get beyond the idea of Oka versus the band as being a way of framing this discussion mm-hmm. and what is being lost in that in that framing?
1: Yeah, I mean I I I have a hypothesis that they're both working together that this is just a show to distract from the the issue of the land, which is which is what the, the press conference and which which is what this is about. Uh which is the land and how we are um being forced away from the youth and access to our traditional homelands because canada condones land fraud and um this is a the, you know any kind of conflict or dispute has always been you know makes good news uh like today we put out a press uh a press release nobody's interested nobody's interested because we're not making any kind of threats uh to for, for any kind of barricades or anything we're not talking about um this, this silly man who makes racist threats against an uh, identifiable group of people and is not charged criminally for it. Um, we, 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 loo- we have been losing everything. This has uh, been the strategy of the state-controlled media, which is to control the narrative and to talk mainly about the disputes instead of the actual conflict itself which is the 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 disputed land, and the the fraudulent sale of it, so I refuse to to address any of their their silly conflicts that they have and and uh, the play they're 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 doing for the media and the public um feigning to to not like each other when they, in an actual fact that I believe that they are working together to to create uh, this kind of dispossession that. That looks like there's a good Indian, and then there's there's us who are basically the bad Indians, uh, to to coin the, the stereotypical phrase.
0: Well, speak more about the so-called bad Indians, the people of the longhouse. You had support mm-hmm. from from people of the longhouse in in, uh, in as well. Speak about mm-hmm. the the organizing and and why you exist as people of the longhouse and And why you're often framed as being the the radicals or the or the bad Indians in these situations
1: well that that comes from the doctrine of discovery and nullius and and the Christianization of people uh for the sake of imperialism it really goes back centuries right and And so we see the impact and the effect of it today in that the the christian mohawks and it's not it's nothing against the religion itself. It's just that this is, seems to be. Whoever you know, ban- longhouse people do not enter into the band council system, and so whoever is there is either a Christian or you know it could be an atheist or whatever. But it is an arm of the federal government um, they are, so basically the Department of Indian Affairs is negotiating with itself. The longhouse has, as as I said, is a traditional form of governance that includes a spiritual and, and um, political um culture together they're they're in, intertwined and they're not a separate entity they're actually they go hand in hand and it's been practiced for centuries it was it was uh was created by our ancestors long before any kind of settlers arrived here it's never been extinguished and and so the rights to the land rests in the traditional form of governance not the the colonial created one and the band council has um, an administrative power which is you know funds for education uh, social services uh, and other things that are, that, are, that are service service oriented and um, in 1990 it was basically the longhouse that took the lead eventually because people back then understood that that's where the the treaties and the title to the land lie, not, not in the Van council. And, uh, you know, we blocked a secondary dirt road. We never blocked a highway. Um, but in, you know, the early morning of July 11th in 1990, we were met by a paramilitary squad, which included the MUCTC police along with the SQ and, and the army. And um, it started a 78 day crisis or siege. So ever since then, uh, we are portrayed as, as the mean, terrible Mohawks, uh, especially with all the, the cigarettes, the cigarette issue, and the marijuana dispensaries that have been popping up. So there's there's a there's a feeling of insecurity. And, and I think the insecurity is felt by the Mohawks as well, but the, the feeling of insecurity seems to be more intense with the, the settler population in the village of Oka. Um, but we... I think it goes to history about who, you know, when they're trying to take away something that belongs to someone else, they try and, and demonize them or make them sound like they're unreasonable or crazy. And, and that's exactly the kind of propaganda machine that has been used against uh, people who are Longhouse and other traditional forms of governance and, and land defenders, uh, because Canada knows that it 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 is a threat to their economic agenda and, um, you know, the, the ad- addresses and attacks head-on uh, assimilation and colonization.
0: Um, Ellen, aside from one of the framings as, which I've just mentioned and asked you about, of you know, personalities, the band council chief versus the mayor of Oka, Another way the mainstream media has been portraying this is that Kanesatage is on the verge of another siege like 1990. There's a lot of sensationalism around yeah. that. And clearly 1990 was a crucial moment in the assertion of indigenous sovereignty and self-determination and it has an impact worldwide. But um, I, want, mm-hmm. I want you to talk about what are the lessons we should be drawing vis-a-vis 1990 and today. To what extent is the media exaggerating things or trying to, trying to push this uh this portrayal or framing of things into sort of a an armed mm-hmm. conflict uh talk talk a bit more mm-hmm. about how the media's been talking about 1990 and how you and the people of the longhouse prefer to talk about the the legacy and the ongoing reality of 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 the 1990 siege and and the fight back that happened uh back then by members of of your uh, community
1: Well it's interesting the parallels made between what was happening between the people uh the grassroots people in the pines, um, led by the longhouse versus the band council. The band council said, Well those are not our people, so the injunction applies to them or they those are not our people, let the you know, the police go in and clean up our the army. And we see that with uh, Serge Simon who when myself, my, my elderly aunts and some young women went to this development site and saw that trees were being cut, um, he immediately he was the first one to say, you know, the first thing to, when we're defending the land, the first thing we shouldn't do is pick up arms. We had no arms. We were just down there with, with our cell phones. And so he began this tsunami of another Oka crisis. And then the mayor piped in and we had a confrontation with the mayor or I had a confrontation with the mayor a few days later. And, um, And and so they easily go to that, oh, there's going to be another Oka crisis. There was a confrontation between the mayor and I. There was a bunch of women who went and and talked about, we're losing more land, nobody's doing anything about it. And and so it's, they just, you know, the media is, to to me, it's such a simple-minded thing that the media did in equating what we were doing in protesting the development and saying that, there's going to be another Oka crisis when we had no arms. We had nothing except, like I said, our cell phones. And so you, you have people like Serge who personalize things, who has villainized his own people. And then you have the mayor of Oka who's doing the same, same thing and villainizing us as we're the terrible Mohawks and Serge is the reasonable one. And the media is not picking up that it's not about personalities, it's about a historical <clears throat> excuse me a historical injustice and and they don't want to focus on that because that's not sexy that doesn't sell news it doesn't it doesn't go to something that is sensational than than what we were trying to do which is peaceful means we're just we're just going through what you know is within our constitution is we we do issue warnings and we've been saying this for such a long time we've gone past the three warnings that was usually given by the confederacy and um, you know we we are we we have enlisted and we are enlisting more and more um, parts of the confederacy that because this is confederacy homeland so it's it's crazy it's a crazy dysfunctional system than the, the media. Um, the media creature that, that delivers news to everybody's homes and it's just 30 second sound bites so you don't really get a chance to to feel the complexity the history and and the impacts right like like what you're doing right now so i'm i'm really interested that um to speak with with you know people like yourself that give us that opportunity to explain what exactly is is going on and, um, you know, it's just, just treachery. It's just treachery what Minister Bennett has done to the Longhouse people in Gunnarsindaga. And and we see the alliances of, of collaborators like the Band Council who go against their own people. And so we want to bring them, we like to bring up that example and we held the two-row wampum. So we have on, on one, you could call it a path or a river, is the great law of peace and the people who are upholding that great law of peace, which is very ancient. And then you go to the, the other side, which is the colonizers' rules, the culture, the language, and the band council is in that. They're on the other side. So for us, there's no divisions. It's very clear the people who are upholding the, those ancestral teachings and governance are of one mind, and, and not to say there's no, there's not differences within that, but but that's that's the clearest picture that I can explain to people of of why uh, things look the way they do.
0: Alan, the 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 fight to uh, stop uh, illegal, unjust colonial land development in Kanazetage is a microcosm of what's happening all over Turtle Island. And you've mm-hmm. been somebody who's followed that closely as well. So could you could you place what's happening in your community in the larger context? You know, last December and January, a lot of attention was focused on what was happening at, at Unistoten and Getamin get Camp in the in the interior and coast of B.C. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you follow these these different situations closely, and there's a strong sense of solidarity between movements. So talk talk a bit about Kanizatage and as a microcosm of broader. Land defense struggles across Turtle Island.
1: Yeah, I mean the, the the situation I just explained to you of of those who are traditional and those who who have accepted you know all the the, the um, implements of of colonization it applies anywhere in Canada, and, and you know a lot of Indigenous people don't even realize the what has been done. They know about Indian residential school, but they don't they don't push it further, the, the idea of land dispossession, because, oh, here's a reserve, that's our land, nobody can take it from us, when it's actually not. So you have people like the Unistoten camp who are land defenders who are saying, no, this is not, we don't recognize the borders that have been imposed by Canada or BC. This is our traditional territory, this is where our, our ancestors used the land, took care of the land, and we're going to pre- protecting it from development like the pipelines. Uh, and so it's not it's it might be a different it might appear different, but the basic elements and the process of colonization imposed upon indigenous peoples is, is, is exactly the same as it as it is in Unestoten and in Gunasodage.
0: Ellen will be will be following here at No Borders Media along with lots of other independent media outlets the situation at Gonzatagi very closely try to provide factual, truthful information in context of what's happening. But are there any final words you want to share with our listeners about about what's going to be coming up in the coming weeks, months, and years in terms of this ongoing land defense struggle in, in Kanizatage?
1: Yeah, well, we'd, we'd like to enlist the support of, of your listeners. And uh, one of the ways of support is to for people to contact their local MP and uh, member of the National Assembly to say, Put a short term moratorium just just to and and include the longhouse people to be to be meeting with government uh, on, about confederacy lands and a short term moratorium will give it give people a chance to breathe. so if people could do that that's one thing urge also and put pressure on Prime Minister Justin Trudeau to come to Gunondaga. We invited him to come to a, a tobacco burning ceremony where we can put our minds together to you know, to begin a new relationship of respect and peace, uh, because that's what that's that's what we've been looking for all this time. And if people understood the the experience of oppression and colonization that we have felt here in um, they would understand why why we're doing the things that we're doing. So we're we're asking people to to become educated. If you have children, bring people who are knowledgeable um, from our from the local communities around you to talk about the history, about the land, and um, what colonization has done to to our people. Uh, education is one of the key elements, and also it's an election time. Um, ask them about what are their Indigenous people's human rights platforms. What are their platforms on the environment and uh, climate change? Because um, those are issues that affect everybody, but they're also uh, f- at the forefront of Indigenous peoples' um, teachings in protecting the land. So hopefully, we'll we'll have some some progress. And if not, well, you know, let's let's make this an election issue. Help us to make this an election issue, and and bring uh, bring some sort of peaceful resolution to this problem that has plagued us for for many generations. Um, Thank you, uh, Jaggi and uh, Tuna Borders Media for giving me the opportunity to talk about our our situation in Ganasadage homelands.
0: Ellen, Gabriel, artist and activist from Ganasadage, thanks Uh, thanks for taking the time today. Thank you, Jaggi. just listening to a No Borders Media interview with artist and activist Ellen Gabriel of the Turtle Clan from Kanizatage, speaking out about continued land fraud by Canada on the homelands of the Iroquois Confederacy. No Borders Media is an autonomous left-wing media network we share and create content that supports the struggles of communities in resistance with a focus on the self-determination struggles of indigenous peoples, migrants, refugees, and working-class people of color, all in the context of opposition to capitalism and colonialism. Some current focuses include migrant justice, resistance to borders, anti-fascism, and anarchism. We are in the early stages of our independent media project. To stay in touch, send us an email at network at gmail.com or look for No Borders Media on Facebook, Twitter, and SoundCloud. Much more to come in the coming weeks and months. We end today's show with the track Yuxu Yak by the Snotty Nose Res Kids.
2: If you live in off the land, Yaksuya, if you stick it to the man, Yaksuya, if you die for your people, Yaksuya, if you see through the evil, Yaksuya, if you're a storyteller, Yaksuya, if you listen to your elders, Yaksuya, if you speak your native tongue, Yaksuya, we forever young, Yaksuya. Sounding like a savage I don't even understand him When they say that you the baddest Survival is a habit. Rally after rally I get it from my young Bob been stuntin' like my daddy We the streets like Aladdin It's making me nostalgic Look what a dog like me That translates the magic Mama, ma'am, give me knowledge Like, sonny, you could have it I don't mean I'm cooking dope But I been rappin' at the cabin Man, it's word till my granny if y'all don't understand me, I'm thankful for the salmon I'm providing for my family and I'm living off the land Like the ones who did before me I'll be passing on the story of the ones who died before me Man, The Sasquatch Habitat, call me young because I get a city back, cause I'd rather have the bunch Of the residents in the building, they afraid we coming up If you craft is genetic. Yaksuya. So yeah. If you're working both your spirits. So yeah. If you let him head his heroes. So yeah. If you're urban space natal, Yaksuya. So yeah. If you carry what is sacred. Yuck, so yeah. If your hair is long and braided, yuck, so yeah. You got me feeling like uh, we made uh, it. Yuck, so yeah. <laughs> I hit him with the warrior dance like yeah. They say I'm Michael Jackson bad like yeah. They say I look just like my Baba. Yeah. My hair a lion's made like Simba I feel the spirits around that fuego What you know about a savage shit? I ain't no ram it's true They call me moon child, red Moon out Hear the wolves howl, Nietzsche's on the prowl That's bad boy, gon' feel defended. Generation 7 reppin', section 35 forever. Warrior just like heaven till creator calls my number. Me, your brother, bring that thunder so I cultureate that eighth wonder. I don't want no statues, I prefer my carvings. Something I could rock with pride when that drum is callin'. Little bitchy, skinny, litty, belly gettin' piggy. Keepin' in the city, feelin' ditty, cause I'm used to If you a master car? If your art is up for barter Don't give a damn about a dollar But you gotta feed your daughter If you gave your life, to life-giving If you trust in the children If you're proud of your village We're about to kill it